This is the High School Football America podcast for July 23rd, 2019. I'm Jeff Fisher. It is Turn Back Tuesday, and we only turn it back about 18 months, a year and a half ago, as I was writing my book, High School Football in Texas, Amazing Football Stories from the Greatest Players of Texas. I ran across a guy that has become a friend, and I learned was a legend, or is a legend, because he's still alive. He's in his uh, mid-80s, and gosh, what a guy he is. Ken Dabbs, he is the guy that recruited Earl Campbell, yes, the college football and pro football Hall of Fame running back to Austin, Texas, to the University of Texas. Ken Dabbs, what a guy. And he has a decades-old friendship with Earl Campbell, the man he brought to Austin. It was an unlikely friendship that developed out of his recruiting trip to Tyler, Texas. And I did a long interview with Earl Campbell about Ken Dabbs, and here's what he had to say about him. Coach and I spent uh, about an hour on the phone yesterday we're going to spend another hour on Monday and some more next week because, geez, he's recruited just about everyone. But I guess there's no Coach Dad story without uh, <laughs> talking about yourself. So without uh, telling you everything he said, I'd love to get your kind of just feeling about that very first meeting uh, that uh, you, you got to meet Coach Dabbs when he when he came up to your house there and met your mom and the rest of the family. Well, in 1973 is when I officially met Coach Ken Dabbs, and uh, Carl Nelson was my high school coach. And uh, one day, Coach, I was going to practice and. Coach Nelson and the running back coach, Coach Butch LaGuire, said, hey, Earl, come here. So I went over, and they said, hey, we want you to meet uh, Coach Ken Dabbs, a recruiter for the University of Texas. I said, yeah, nice to meet you. And they said, if you be good enough next year, which was 1974, maybe he'll be recruiting you and that started a relationship in 1974. It lasted until well, 1973. That introduction lasts until this day. That's that, and he talks so fondly about you. And uh, so, so was there anything that stood out about him that day? Because the one thing that I know about him in the brief time that I've gotten to know him over the last year and a half or two years is he doesn't meet a stranger. That's what I was about to say, his personality. And even though we was both in the football world at that time, he was more in the business. I was just playing in high school. The one thing he didn't do is he didn't shuck and jive, but he had a great sense of humor, if that makes sense. I mean, he wasn't like a recruiter to come in and tell you at that time when I finished school, in the 70s, it was about who could buy an athlete what. He wasn't selling that. Mm-hmm. Um, he just says he's representing the University of Texas. He was a recruiter, head recruiting guy, and nice to meet you. And then in 74, of course, that introduction turned into like, I think, 16 or 17 weeks. And it was one hotel just recruiting me, so. <laughs> yeah, he uh, that well. <laughs> I mean, he, Coach Dabbs and his wife and family is 
yourself a Campbell's family as we are their family. I mean, that relationship went way beyond football, and thank God to 2018 is still the greatest as it was when we met one another. Yeah, I, 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 I'm 57, and I said to him, I wish, I hope my brain is as sharp as yours is at 83. Uh, oh, yeah, he's pretty sharp, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't know Coach Dow was 83. Yeah, he's 83. <laughs> you would not um, know it. He, you know, he still got the mind of, he still knows his high school recruiters. I don't know if he keep up with this on a computer, but once you're in that business, I guess you knew everybody. So the guys that was playing football, Back then, when I was playing football, it's an amazing thing because their kids are coaching now, and Coach Dabs know them just as well as he did their parents. His brain is stronger than a computer, I told him. Yes, and he doesn't write anything down either. He just knows all this. No, he he was giving dates from the seventies, and I yes. was, oh my gosh, yes. he knows every like he he uh, Elmo Wright's going to be in the book. He gave me Elmo's. I mean, he just. But I guess that that gets me to the point of how how genuine he is. And he said the one thing that after he finally met you that first time, he knew the importance of getting to recruit your mom because mm-hmm. if you recruit your mom. <laughs> you might be able to get on your side. So do you remember anything about his relationship back then with your mom? I know it was good. Oh, yeah, I kind of remember. I know he was very familiar with our family. You know, I was raised in a house, probably four bedrooms, three bedrooms, and, and, and seven boys and four girls and a mother. Um because my father died when I was in the fifth grade, so my mother raised our 11 kids. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't the oldest one. I was just the seventh oldest one. And Chris uh, Dabs, you know, I, I mean, we were coming in the evening, and when you got that many kids and all kind of appetites, there's no such things as hot dogs. I mean, uh Steaks and potatoes, it's, it's whatever you can get that day. So whatever we had to eat, my sister Evelyn uh, would say, Coach Dad, you want something we eat? Oh, yeah, yeah, I want this. Some days it was collard greens, chitlins, fried chicken. And I'd say, hey, this white dude don't know nothing about all that shit, Evelyn. And Evelyn just filling them up. Coach Dad sit there and ate with us. Never grumped about anything, never said nothing. If he asked for anything that mornings it would be coffee. I think when uh he found out that my mother wasn't so much hung up on just her, she told him, Hey Dab, I have more kids than just Earl. Earl is just one of them, so <laughs> He he said to me and I think he mentioned Evelyn in the story. He said, yes. so, so tell me your recollection of the Brill Cream story then. <laughs> uh, I, was, I didn't know a whole lot about that one, but I heard all the stories about it. But because uh, <laughs> Dad swore him and Evelyn, you know, she's gone now. That was my only sister. But her and Chris Dad was go around and around, let Dad would do or something like that. I, <laughs> 
A little yeah. dazzle do you. Yeah. <laughs> and then he said the one to the second time he came to the house after meeting your mom, the second time Evelyn came to the door and uh, knocked, and Evelyn answered the door and yelled, Hey, Mom, Coach yeah. Christmas is here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's wonderful. Now, well, let me ask you this then, because I know I, I've read a lot of your story, and by the way, I grew up watching you, and it's an honor to actually be on the phone with you right now, and I mean that from the deepest part of my heart because you you are one of those guys that I remember growing up that really I'm like okay this is what special is so 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 all my bragging aside I read well I played my whole career when I even started in elementary school with Don Dyke Lewis was the coach in Pee Wee Elementary School George McDowell was my coach in junior high, and Corky Nelson and and Butch LaGuire was the main guy in the whole deal because me and him and Coach Dabbs, I think, was just unbelievable in football. But I, I even from the time I joined football clubs in junior high, I played with people. That made me look good. I didn't have to do nothing but run. It's easy to just run, you know. <laughs> I think you're being pretty modest, here, but um, you're. So, so did your mom? Because of did your mom ever get to love the game? Because I know you say that you've said in the past that you know she really wasn't fond of you starting to play the game itself. Did she ever come to love the game and, and your role in it by any chance? I think she loved my role in it. I don't think she ever just. It's crazy about football, you know. When you have that many kids in the family, man, you got to have. And I never believed this until I had boys. She always told me that told us that no kids are like no two kids in the family are alike. And I think about that all the time now that I have these two boys. And I say all the time, "Moms, you're right," you know. So I don't really think she was like. Never died with football. I think she was just interested in because of something that I did in my name, you know. Yeah. So, um, Coach Dabbs, and I, I know we could go through all these stories, but one of the things that he said that amazed him about you was you were actually, a, and I didn't know this, you were a, a linebacker up until maybe your last game of your junior year? Is that? Is, is yeah, Coach Dabbs was right. Okay, I didn't know that. I wanted to be the first black uh, Mike Dick, uh, uh, Dick Buckus. Dick Buckus. That's what I wanted to be. And uh, running back my sophomore year, he graduated. So one day I was going to practice, and Coach Nelson and his running back coach I had named Ron Laguire. Everybody called him Bush. And, uh, they came over and said, hey, Earl, let's talk a minute. I said, yeah, about what? They said, we don't have a running back, and uh, we want to see how you fit that. I said, no, no, I'm a middle linebacker. I mean, I had the dick buckets walk down. I had the bow legs like him. I mean, I had everything. And that was my hero when it comes to being a linebacker. So, I I ran the ball two or three times in in practice, and I literally just threw it down. The played like I was phoning because that's how bad I didn't want to play. <laughs> so Coach Laguar 
got to talking. He says, Earl, come here. He had a very deep ball boy. Say, man, come here. And hearing Coach Nelson had gotten talking, he says, hey, if you hold on to that ball one time, we have to think about this linebacker thing. And I broke loose and practiced for about 65 yards and held on to it. And at that time, Remo Wright was doing an Indian dance on his knees, so I did my acne of that deal. <laughs> and... I never got to be a running a linebacker again. Every now and then I'd go in the game, but it wasn't like every down. But sometimes in the championship, I uh, we won in my senior year. I played off and on, but mainly that started me being a running back. That is so amazing. And he said, um, and, and you know, and Coach Dabbs doesn't brag. You know what I mean? When he says something, you believe it. It's not like he's trying to be funny. Of course, he don't mess around. He he knows football. I tell you, he knows the player. And, and he and that's what he was saying. He said you were just so technically sound because you know he was a uh, you know a track guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, he said just the way you ran and just your you know he's talking about the size of your thighs. He said that he thought you were about as perfect a football player as there could be out there. When you hear someone like that, he doesn't usually say things like that. You know what I mean? He's, he's not going to overhype it. What does that mean to you? How does that make you feel? I think it's, I think, uh, you know, sometimes I sit like I am now watching Taylor Wood play golf and Bubba Watson and Roy McElroy and all these guys and it had to be that God really gives individuals and people talents. And I believe that everybody has one. I believe God gave everybody talents. Some of us he gave more than one. So by the time I was in about fifth grade. I really started liking football. Mm-hmm. By the time I got to the ninth grade, in Coach LaGuire Butch had me, I fell in love with football. And I just started watching all the greats and all that, so I was a God-given gift. I did what God gave me. That's what he put me on the earth to do is one of them was to be the best football player I could be mm-hmm. because that goes into so many other aspects of your life that you don't know. You don't know what it does. Or I didn't at the time, the difference between winning and losing outside of everybody's happy when you win and sad when you lose. I didn't understand the business aspect that goes along with winning, the losing and the compassion for a community or a state or the world. I mean... And now that I understand all those things, when I started understanding all that when I was about a sophomore in college, I started 
I I I just couldn't get enough of it. Uh, my freshman year, when I started realizing all those things, I just fell in love with it, and I got into it after that. And I I know what I wanted to be was a running back. Then I started watching everything I could on the legendary Jim Brown. Oh uh, yes, because I thought that's the closest I think I could see somebody compared to me with him. Mm-hmm. Not that it wasn't great running backs, the Tony Dorsets, the Robert Newhouses, the Walter Paytons, and all the great ones. The only one I saw out of everything that could flick my dick was a guy named Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. Not and once a, not I got a into one. that, man, I, I, I used to, my... Junior, sophomore year, and, and senior year in college, they used to put a film on the wall that Coach Dab got me because we, you did on them nine millimeters, you didn't have to have a film for them. Yep. Mm-hmm. I watched Jim Brown over and over just in the dorm up on the wall, you know, running that film back and forth. And Coach Dab gave you that? Yeah. Oh, so cool. That is so, so cool. So that was... I mean, just summing up about me, that's how I look at football, you know. it's God gave me that gift, and I tried my best to use it to the best. I yeah. Because Dabs did a great job in that because, you know, when two men really meet each other and get to know one another, they really don't have to call each other every month or once every day or every two weeks. But when they do, they know it's about something. Mm-hmm. And they too know how it connects. Well, Chris Dabbs and I experienced that, you know, and um, we never day. really hugged and talked in college much after he recruited me. We never did this, never did that because I'm not a rah-rah guy. I'm just straightforward. This is what's got to be done. You don't have to tell me all about what's going to happen, what you're going to get, and all this. Mm-hmm. And because Coach Dad's on one of, and the university wasn't one of those schools that, because when I came along, I had made decisions long before anybody knew this. Because I could read and write, and I was seeing where athletes was going to some school. They bought them a car. They gave them clothes. Mm-hmm. I said, no, nah, I don't want that because my people have sold themselves long enough. I'm going to do it my way. I go because I want to. And because Dad never said nothing about clothes, cars, money. He just says food. We got a great dining hall. We got the best education. We help get you tutors. We pay for everything you want in school. We got an honest deal. And when I met Royo, you know, it was a no. It was nice to meet Coach Roy. I didn't know his legacy. Mm-hmm. I was a black guy. You know, <laughs> I knew Eddie Robertson and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. Coach Dabs was my man. I, I figured anything I wanted, needed, talked to about, which we never really talked a bunch in college. And after I recruited me, 
He says, uh, this is Coach Darrell Warrior, our coach. I thought he was the head coach. He had been visiting us so long. I said, who? I said, I thought he said, no, I'm just a recruiter. That's the Earl Campbell Ken Dab story from Earl Campbell's perspective. Well, when you write a book, you have a lot of people that you need to thank. One of the people I need to thank is Mark Ball, who introduced me to uh, Coach Ken Dabbs, who was also a high school football coach, a very good high school football coach, and a great track and field coach. So, Coach Ball, thank you for introducing me to Ken Dabbs. And Mark Ball is also a great high school football coach and administrator. I love the relationship I have with the two of them. And tomorrow, the Earl Campbell Ken Dabbs story continues. This time from the other side of the perspective as Ken Dabbs will talk about his memories of Earl Campbell in high school and the decades-long relationship between the two. That's on Rewind Wednesday on the High School Football America podcast. I'm Jeff Fisher.